Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. You are now listening to season six of the show. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by the wonderful Awin Tabakoli. Awin is the founder and CEO of Tabakoli Advisory, an advisory firm in Zurich, Switzerland. She is an international speaker and has shared the stage with many famous faces, including Randy Zuckerberg, Dr. Phil, Moira Forbes, and many more. She is a multilingual lawyer with experience as a certified legal interpreter. Erwin is also a member of the Board of Advisors to the World Litigation Forum and president of the IMN Switzerland as well. Awin is also, doesn't stop there, business advisor, NFT enthusiast, and curator, and passionate advocate for change and innovation in the legal industry. She is on a mission to make law more accessible. Wow. So a very warm welcome, Awin. Thank you so much. That was an introduction. I can get used to it. Thank you. Pleasure <laughs> being here. <laughs> well, you deserve all the plaudits. And before we dive into your amazing career and projects and experience and what you've been up to, we do have a customary icebreaker question here on the Legally Speaking podcast. And I'm excited for your answer because I know a bit of background intel to this. But on the scale of one to 10, 10 being very real, what would you rate the hit TV series Suits in terms of its reality of the law on a scale of 1 to 10? 8. Okay, and why do you give it an 8? And maybe can you tell us a little bit of background to Suits and your maybe relationship? Well, I think a lot of people, they start like maybe studying law. I mean, ever since the series has been running, of course, not in the past. But those that are impressed by it and they think, yeah, I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going to rock it like the Harvey Specter and I'm going to be such a cool like law in legal intern like Mike and I can build my firm. But, but you know, these are awesome. I mean, these guys are always like well-suited, well-dressed, good mood, uh, look healthy, well-treated. But the reality, the reality is a bit different. We need to always like get prepared for those parts that are going to maybe crack us under pressure or maybe also that inter how to say internal or external relationship within the firms and with the clients or with the competitors etc these parts are a bit like hollywoody presented which is awesome which is a great like marketing to become a lawyer to have that influence or that impression that i'm gonna be a lawyer like him or like her but i gave it eight because i love it and i know it has also a lot of uh, like inspiration and motivational parts for people to to become a part of the legal industry but there are also those little parts that I call them like a little bit like too cool for school. Yeah, that, that would be just a little bit of. And I think, I mean, one cool reference for that is that I had the pleasure to have a chat or to interview Harvey Specter, Gabriel Mack in 2019 in L.A. in one of the largest business conferences in the world. And um, yeah, that was a cool chat. And actually, I discovered a very relaxed, fun, leisure side of him, not that well suited and well shaved lawyer actually he was not shaved at all he came in a sweatshirt and then we had like a real leisure talk so yeah which was very much fun as well so just to to make a hint that i also got to meet him in person and had that interview with him in front of like three thousand people and that's incredible i mean uh, we've had lots of people come on the show we had shabam who was at uh cleo he, he'd met with harvey and mike after they'd finished filming but no one's actually interviewed the harvey specter before so you're a first and thank you so much for sharing that but today is all about you as well, Awin. So would you mind telling our listeners just a bit more about your background and, and journey? Yeah, my background is very colorful and very diverse as I am. Also, people calling me the embodiment of uh, diversity and change because that's how I live and that's how I am. So there is nothing more valuable, I think, not only in the legal industry, 
but in all industries than being authentic and being us, because that is what makes us unique as our fingerprints, you know? So my background is actually everything else than law. Law is just a fraction of my life. And you know me a little bit because back to the days of our networking and our cool audio channel relations on the legal and the business side on, on Clubhouse. So that's where we got to know each other also a little more. But just for our awesome audience and listeners who want to just have a takeaway of who I am and why me and what am I doing here is that my background is uh, from mathematics, real estate, professional sports, banking, teaching, <laughs> research, and then all all that way because my first study was not law at all so that is for a lot of people that they think oh we want to switch is it late is it okay oh i'm not i'm going to be excluded maybe from the industry no it's all not so keep those excuses for yourself because i have plenty of them in my pocket and still it can work if you are uh, authentic and exotic my background is mathematics and statistics that is where i i made my bachelor in and then i did any other career rather than mathematics and statistics because afterwards i became a professional athlete and also a sport instructor and then went into like diplomatic real estate community and then I worked for the second major German bank back in Iran as those they had the, the, the European banks had their offices there a commerce bank it's called and yeah but then life brought me to Germany and then to Switzerland and in Switzerland that is the place that I got inspired and somehow introduced to a way of my favorite way of studying and practicing law however what I do now is also something to add up to that because that was not really also satisfactory to me and I did my law degree from zero to hero actually so it was not that I jumped from my master to 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 from my bachelor to master I started from zero and I had to master German language as well for that because I did it at the University of Zurich so it was like a six-year non-stop studies it was not a bachelor master it was from zero to hero that's why I said that and um, I did my law degree here and then after that I did also a super like non-typical a career road so maybe we can talk about that a little later but instead of going and preparing for bar exam etc I decided to go for what I was more passionate about which was international contract drafting and negotiations and international commercial dispute resolution and then I made another one and a half year let's say certificate on that part as well and now I do something total different again I mean related to that but I decided to build my own business so yeah also had a three year of honor to be the compliance officer for financial crimes, specifically bribery and corruption with the second Swiss major bank, Credit Suisse here in Zurich. And that was the time that I decided, okay, I had like two banking careers, second German, second uh, largest German bank and the second largest Swiss bank. But I thought, you know what, they were cool and fun, but now I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go to Hollywood. No, I'm joking. I built my own business <laughs> back in 2017. And what a, what a journey. And I mean, there's so much to, to sort of unpack there because you mentioned you obviously came from sort of mathematics and statistics background you did your bachelor's then you were an English teacher sports instructor personal trainer you know diplomatic real estate um, agent as well private banking in Iran I mean that's so much that you would have learned during those times you know what were some of the key skills that you learned from those experiences along the way that perhaps helped you when it came to the legal profession Teaching, education, I mean, education, self-education, especially because we have traditional education, which is something that is offered by us. We cannot uh, change it much unless we become ourselves a part of it and bring the change into it that we can also talk about that in a few minutes, but always be learning and teaching. So when you learn, don't keep it for yourself. That is what I, what has been like the mantra of my life ever since I was a child. I could not stand it that I knew something and my like school colleague or the one who were sitting beside me, if they didn't know it, I was not 
not feeling comfortable. So I felt like obliged to share and to really transmit my knowledge and what I have learned, whether it's like experience or expertise to other people, that it can be also support for them. So that is like one major part. And I think the key attribute of all of us to, to towards change, growth and evolution of not only our industry, but also the industries that we are serving and relating to. So teaching, learning, let's say all in all education and not, and do not get just satisfied with what you learn outside or what you teach outside, get also investments into personal and private educations as well, because one of, one of the things that we do not learn in the normal schools or also specifically in the law schools are the other types of like sales and negotiations, branding, influence, impact and influence, uh, you know, authenticity, teaching, presenting, public speaking. And then the other thing that I also learned throughout the way from my past journey has been negotiations and international relationship buildings. That is what I always have to appreciate or acknowledge one of my mentors or maybe my godfather back those days in the international or the diplomatic real estate company that I used to work for uh, was a was an awesome man who was who used to be an employee of UNESCO in the States and also in Iran. And he taught me a lot with that age of 23 and 24, closing huge deals between like embassies and also other embassies and real estate landlords and owners, how I could facilitate those deals in between people with different backgrounds, different careers, especially the diplomat community, which is pretty complex and sophisticated, different cultures, different backgrounds, different languages, and then negotiate those deals and, you know, bring those people together. So in that age, I had a lot to learn from him. And these knowledge, that experience and expertise has been helping me and also empowering me a lot to bring a part of that and to give back also to the legal industry. And, and uh, while we do like dispute resolutions, negotiations for like prior to litigation or even after dispute resolution time. So yeah, just to help other lawyers get familiar with that as well. And I just love your values there in terms of you know wanting to share help others you know it's something we talk a lot about on the show in terms of you know we're a community we're a big global legal community how can we help inspire educate and entertain one another as we go through this journey of life and i love also your approach to because you do have one of the strongest diverse international networks and you know how to sort of really nurture and foster those relationships and take it from a cold prospect to a warm prospect and then to turn that into business you know and also you know real life standing long relationships so i'm really glad that you highlighted that and i just want to talk a little bit more about your own you know your own business because you are the founder and ceo as i mentioned in the introduction of sort of tabcoli uh, advisory so you're helping businesses owners protect their businesses and their brands just tell us a little bit more about that and how that all sort of came about and any learnings again for people thinking about setting up a business anything that you think would be helpful for people to know awesome thank you so much for highlighting that as well i mean for myself, business has been always a passion and also a game. So I learned also from my one of my awesome coaches, probably, I think you know him as well, JT Fox, who always say business is a game and money is how you keep score. So for a lot of people that have a problem, like with the financial sides of business to make money, to like convert and creating cash flow into their business, that has been always something that I was noticing also in the law firms that I was doing like my internships at. And I had like pleasure to be the law clerk with two very nice law firms 
midterms in, in Zurich throughout the time that I still thought maybe one day I want to do the bar exam. So let me take my internship first that one year. And then if one day I change my mind and I want to become like a litigation lawyer, then I still at least have that one in my pocket, which I think it's never going to happen. But at least I gained some experiences how law firms are working and what are the things that I could probably help others to correct or to enhance or to learn and to make their businesses run better. And for me, I do not come from a from an entrepreneurial family. So I'm a first generation entrepreneur. So I broke a lot of rules and and let's say cliches or maybe family patterns, etc. To, to, to start this path. And I did it in a very risky manner. And that is why after I made it, after some crazy turbulent times and ups and downs, I decided it was like a year or so that I was really focusing on that to help others who wanted to transition from their corporate uh, life into entrepreneurial life to help them manage it more responsibly and more consciously uh, to to go with those kind of risks because not everybody is a very happy risk taker and we have all different risk appetite levels and not everybody is really ready to start something or to jump in that cold water and to take that leap of faith without any financial emotional or relational support i did that but i was trying i have been trying to help others like not a business coach but maybe a business advisor to help them throughout those transitions or maybe if they have started already to help them go a little more smoothly and not going through all that I have gone through, but maybe help them uh, reflect some of those experiences and takeaways to make it a bit more smoother for them. Of course, risk is always there. So that is one part that I have been focusing on. And on the other side, let's say on the parallel path that you just mentioned for other entrepreneurs, starting my own business, as I said, as a first generation uh, entrepreneur without any experience, without even any support, because nobody in my family could support me. They had no clue themselves. They just told me, oh, all the best. That's it. And nothing came also from outside i mean friends family so suddenly my friends circle changed as well but throughout those times until i got to know like a few of the best coaches in the world that i invested like six figure into those kind of programs and, and coaching and mentorship programs the thing that i learned out of those i said oh other people can do it better and i again i feel responsible to share those not only with with the entrepreneurs because i saw that look i launched my own business it is a law firm it is a business as well you know and i saw the ups and downs so for entrepreneurs it was very authentic when they started like working with me because i was speaking the same language i was not an employed lawyer with a law firm who just comes and say okay this is your contract this is your company structure i spoke to them from entrepreneur to entrepreneur but then i could protect them as a mean lawyer you know so i had that both in myself and that has been always a great added value for them that we on the first level we spoke the same language we're both entrepreneur i knew all the risks i did also my business has been also young it was not that oh it was like 20 years ago that i built my own business so we were like somehow uh, having that empathy of sharing the same or similar knowledge is just a few steps ahead of them but then in addition it just happened that i was also a lawyer and i could help them with the contract structures with just helping them to get the legal documents in place because these are like the least noticed and invested in when it comes to launch a business for everybody you know they see that oh okay legal stuff let's do it later lawyers are expensive they're mean they're arrogant they're complicated we just don't want to pay the money let's just first launch the business let's make the website do our branding and then suddenly when they get that call from i don't know a police or a like a public prosecution officer or a competition uh, issue that they become or intellectual property issues or contract breaches employees or freelancers they go behind their back gdpr breaches and suddenly they say oh what a mistake and now it's actually too expensive 
to invest on those things. So that has been like the educational parts that I have brought also into the entrepreneurial communities to teach them also to hold like regular uh, legal trainings and sessions for entrepreneurs in a very accessible and understandable way throughout. Um, actually, also in London, I had the pleasure to present for a great business club in January 23. It was like just before the COVID put us all at home. But that has been also a great pleasure to, to present also in, in different parts of the world to raise awareness, to educate educate entrepreneurs about the legal and compliance risk in a way that they feel connected to it and they feel like there is someone who can provide them a solution in a way that is understandable and accessible for them. So that is one part. And the third part is, I think, something that you already mentioned, which is providing trainings and uh, coachings and consulting for law firms who want to learn about those things that they did not learn in law school, like all of us. There's so many great things to, to take from what you shared there. Thank you, because, you know, we always talk about, you know, and it's well documented, you know, the best investment is one you can make in yourself. And you've clearly done that. We know the famous quotes around, you know, formal education, making you a living, but, you know, self-education, making your fortune. And, you know, you are actively having mentors, coaches, people within your network to continually level up so you can continue to disrupt, innovate and you know, really be a, a pioneer within your space. And, you know, I mentioned in the introduction, you keep very busy because you're also a member of the Board of Advisors for the World Litigation Forum. And so I they quote you saying, Awen is disrupting the traditional legal industry by serving her clients with a unique proven system, which she created out of her knowledge. Awen, can you tell us a bit more about that unique system for, for clients? And yeah, just anything more particularly around your involvement uh, with the World Litigation Forum? Sure. I had the pleasure actually to join the board of advisories end of 2019. And I had like, let's say the first event and the first like, and I'm a permanent speaker and a member of board of advisors there. So it was just by recommendation uh, from other fellow lawyers that they invited me to join uh, that. I think it was Stefano Catalani. He's a, he's an awesome Italian lawyer, but based on practicing here in Geneva, Switzerland. And as we just, we, our, our ways, our, our path somehow crossed each other on LinkedIn and he said, you should join our board of advisors we need exactly someone like you because you think and act differently it's not out of the box you just throw that box away say oh Stefano Piacere thank you so much for recognizing who I am and for understanding that and also for the invitation so that is where that uh, journey started and World Litigation Forum is an awesome training and conference and seminar organization that is providing legal conferences and seminars around the world actually now in October early October this year we will be holding our next edition in in Amsterdam and our last one in January was in Dubai and um, it's going to be also in London uh, another time and also in New York City so this is like connecting lawyers together by also highlighting the challenges and the issues in the legal industry the name is litigation but we just broaden it up a little bit to the whole issues around dispute resolution conflicts and collaborations and communication problems etc so how can we better the quality of legal services by inviting lawyers from all around the world so that they really feel home somewhere in the world. They get a new experience of being in a different location in the world. And exactly they are chosen to be like different places in the world, different continents so that people feel like related. This once in Europe, once in the States, once in the Middle East. And then we can like create not only the networking side, but also the training and education side. And as I started there, of course, as they just also mentioned in there, I started like to bring some really crazy changes in. And I said, you know what? We need to talk about the sessions 
that are missing in the legal conferences. During that conversation, I said, you know what, as I told you as well, like sales and negotiations, impact and influence, leadership, client conversion, collaboration, strategic networking, strategic planning, partnerships, joint ventures, business facilitation, contract negotiations, the contract, there are all the things that actually, if lawyers have those skills, a lot of conflicts and uh, disputes can be avoided or they can be settled prior to be landing in front of a court of law, which creates, you know, time, energy, money consuming um, trials for, for all sides, actually. Not everybody is very happy when they land in the courts. Of course, there are some trials that are also having happy endings, but a lot can be saved and a lot can be avoided, you know, and especially in the relationships in between the, the parties involved. You know, there are a lot that can be settled amicably and respectfully. And even if they are going to resolve it, awesome, they can have a more powerful comeback, you know, and even if they decide to dissolve and leave each other with a handshake, they can still do it respectfully. And one day if they face each other somewhere, they can still at least appreciate and, and respect the time that they had together or the collaborations they had together. So these are the things that I like brought in an innovative model also into the conference to provide those kind of trainings for lawyers as well. And it's not only about the law, because the first time that I went on stage there as well, guys, I'm not going to talk about the last precedent cases or the last or the or the laws. We all know them. We are lawyers. I'm not going to talk about law for you. I'm going to talk about business, I'm going to talk about human connections, I'm going to talk about strategic thinking, I'm going to talk about partnership facilitations. I hate when I hear in like larger uh, negotiation agreement, agreement settlement, settlements or in like joint venture or partnership meetings with like seven, eight figures, nine figures that normally the parties, they prefer to have the lawyers outside of that room because they said they put set out the contracts for us. That's fine. From now on, we need to have them out because they are going to kill the deal. But I said, I want to train lawyers to seal the deals. I want them to facilitate the deals. I want those investors or those big companies to keep the lawyers until that handshake moment and not saying if they stay here, they're going to refer to this and that clause and then we are going to kill the deal. No. Why not learning business acumen as well? Public speaking, presentation, impact and influence so that you can find your ways not only to the hearts of the parties, but also to their brains and can really influence for the good, of course, because for a lot of people, sometimes they just see there's a very thin line between influence and manipulation. That has been something that I felt also responsible in a few of my speeches to clarify and to, to make them understand that we're all responsible to make impact and influence without manipulating the size. Because if it's for good of the people, it's the influence. If it's for our own private interest, it is manipulation, which is, which is a very thin line. But uh, yeah, that is what we're doing. And actually, I had the honor to uh, run and put together the first uh, panel on blockchain and NFTs, including, of course, the legal and compliance risks and challenges in January in Dubai. And I think it was one of maybe the first legal live conferences in the world that I had the honor to to open that session and put an awesome panel, very diverse, from the UK to the Scandinavian to Dubai, from Amer to America. We had a panel, and on my myself, of course, from Switzerland. It was a very diverse panel, and we have awesome discussions. And I'm going to run again another one, again, on soft skills for lawyers. That's never enough to talk about it. And on blockchain, DAOs, of course, and NFTs, legal and compliance risks as well in Amsterdam in our upcoming event. And that's super exciting. And I would encourage people to, to definitely follow Awin. We'll talk about that at the end because the work that she's doing in the Web3 NFT and, you know, all things connected to that is, is super impressive. So definitely one to watch and to be following. Wanted to stick with the speaking because you are, a, you know, an award-winning international speaker. You've shared the stage with many famous people. I mentioned in the introduction 
Sheridan, Randy Zuckerberg and the likes. You know, what have been your experiences as a, an international experience speaker? I think for me, speaking is a way of leading. And if you want to make a change, you must be a good leader first because people need to follow you. They need to acknowledge you. They need to somehow recognize your position as a thought leader, as somebody who achieved some, has achieved something and is still on the mission to make changes for the good, of course, and who has started to change from herself or himself. Because there is a huge thing between like preaching and practicing. So I always say leading by example and then being the voice of your industry. That's the best way that you can convey your message to the world. You know, if I do a consulting to a company or if I do a coaching to another lawyer or to another law firm or to an entrepreneur it is very exclusive it is awesome and it's very impactful as well but it's that one client that one person that one company but if i go in a conference and speak in front of 500 people or if i do like the one we did with randy in stockholm in front of two and a half thousand people or the one with harvey in front of three thousand people suddenly the game changes and for me some as somebody who believes in what she does and what she wants to achieve and the make that she wants the change that she wants to make also not only in the industry but also in the world because as i said law is just a fraction of my life and there's a lot more beside it and, and around it the best way to raise awareness to educate others to share your stories experiences expertise and also to make that change and to put that impact and influence on the people is by public speaking and it's its own art actually as well so i told you just prior to starting this i said now we are just one-to-one -one, but i know this is going to be shared with a larger audience audience. That's why I'm not relaxed at all. I'm pumped. I'm loaded like a god. And that's how I feel prior to going on stage. The time that they call my name, I'm running. I have videos from my speeches, how I enter the stage. It's like always with crazy music and me running on my heels towards the stage and not just walking. So that, that is the fire and the passion inside of me. And that's something that I think people who want to make a change, who want to convey their message and their voice to a larger number of people, they need to learn the skills of presenting and public speaking. Time for a short break from the show. Are you looking for a way to get your firm working more efficiently and profitably while ensuring a better work-life balance for your team? Well, if you haven't considered our sponsor, Clio, I'm here to strongly recommend that you do. I absolutely love working with Clio. Not only is it the world's leading legal practice management and legal client relationship management software, it also has a really solid core mission to transform the legal experience for all. Something I personally support. What sets Clio apart for me, it's their dedication to customer success and support. There are lots of legal softwares out there, but I know from talking to Clio users that their support offering is miles ahead of the rest with their 24-5 availability via email, in-app chat, and over the phone. Yes, you can actually call in and speak to someone. Clio is also the G2 crowd leader in legal practice management in comparison to 130 legal practice management softwares and has been for the last 14 consecutive quarters. G2 Crowd is the world's leading business solutions review website. You can check Clio's full list of features and pricing at www.clio.com forward slash legally dash speaking. That's www.clio.com forward slash legally dash speaking. Now back to the show. 
It's such great advice. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's all the things that perhaps you don't necessarily get taught, taught in law school. I know we, we've, we've talked a lot about that as well. So Awen is sharing a lot of things that, you know, if you're not picking up on this knowledge right now, or you're not getting access to that, this is where you need to get those coaches, mentors, look to self-invest in yourself, time, energy and effort to to upskill yourself. And, you know, I mentioned also in the introduction and, you know, you, you keep very busy. You're also the president of the um, IMN Switzerland. So I believe there's members from different sectors that come together to connect. So can you tell us more about that and what president, being president means to you? President, it means responsibility. You know, for a lot of people, sometimes getting a, a bit of like higher title, they feel like, oh, it's a status. It is more work because it's a, that's exactly the leader between a boss. Uh, sorry, that's the difference between a leader and a boss or a leader and a manager. You know, we don't want to manage or bossing people. It's about leading people and leadership means work. It means responsibility, taking accountability, taking responsibility and uh, standing in the front. You know, whatever it happens, even if the team members, if the, let's say, business, owner members if there is something going wrong you need to stand in front and take that responsibility if it even if it happens or even if it was made by you know somebody else from the team because you were responsible for that team to also function in a well proper proper manner so the IMM Switzerland I mean it has been like the club has been built already by Mr. JT Fox a couple of years ago and then it suddenly started expanding rapidly throughout 39 countries in the world including also London and also Switzerland that's the, but in, in, in Zurich as the main office and uh, I had the pleasure to be given or to be handed over that position after the first leaders or the first presidents who were also an awesome couple who just had to leave because they became like their second child and I think the third afterwards etc so responsibility was much higher for them and uh, I took that over with pleasure and yes we have members from all around the world actually all the expat entrepreneurs in Switzerland and the local ones so it's, it's an awesome place that we deliver not only networking no because a lot of these clubs i think they fail to attract people or to make that real impact because they're only about like inviting people once a month having grabbing some drinks and having some talks and then go away and the next day everything is like washed in in the drain but what we do is like uh, actually that was uh, the innovative concept of jt as well which i admire him for being such a great leader by example and then giving that responsibility to his other students or the other uh, coaches in other countries in the world so we deliver a lot of training we do a lot of accountability sessions we do a lot of goal setting strategic thinking exercises and we do also a lot of models for people to get knowledge in those areas that they are lacking by asking them in advance and say you ask for it we are delivering that is how it goes and also we train them in, in a lot of areas and we teach them how they can help one another and how they can pitch pitch their businesses that is something that is missing great point actually also in the legal industry if you if you sometimes ask people what do you do they just say I'm a lawyer. But I say, don't tell me what is your title. Tell me what you do for people. What problem you solve. You know, if, if we always also get trained in those things, again, these are the things that we don't learn in law school. But these are great components that we also work on. Unfortunately, throughout the COVID times, we had to shut down our, you know, physical or real meetings for, for quite some times. And then we focused on the online ones. But now we are considering to relaunch the whole model and bring people again together and enjoy some times, you know, in, in learning 
learning, training and networking and uh, having our backpack full of knowledge when we go back and looking forward for the next event the coming month. And that, that's super exciting. And yeah, I just love how you, you bring everything together with, with that sheer business acumen and, you know, commercial thinking. And, you know, I, I want to kind of give you a chance to talk more about your mission because it's something that I'm very passionate about. You know, your mission is to make the law accessible to everyone. What inspired you for your mission and what reforms do you think are needed to reform the legal industry to ensure that accessibility? This is a very awesome point, uh, Robert. Thank you. That's why I really appreciate you coming up with that question because a lot of our friends or colleagues or fellows in the industry, they just do not want to hear that because, you know, change is always first needs acceptance and also needs us to engage. Change means work, responsibility, leadership, impact, influence, and it just doesn't come like that. And change actually means pain as well. If evolution is painful. So if we are not really ready, willing, or open, open to uh, accepting all of those things and we just want to stay where we are and keep up with the way that we've been practicing for hundreds of years, nothing is going to happen. And I personally, I'm not a kind of like complaint culture fan. No, sitting down there and just uh, washing away my uh, frustrations with after work drinks or something, that is maybe like a kind of morphine or some just that it keeps for, for the next day. But if you really want to make fundamental changes, then you need to really leave that surface scratch not only scratching the surface and you need to really deep dive and also face some ugly facts that we don't want to face. That is why I said at the very beginning, what are the perceptions from the lawyers and attorneys all around the world? Actually, it's not limited to a certain country. Unfortunately, people outside of the legal industry, they feel like they have no access to this community. They feel like they're arrogant. Maybe they're driven by ego. I'm not saying that's truth, but I say that is unfortunately that the perception that we see and we hear from all around the world or from people who does not belong to the industry and they're like outside of the industry, they think lawyers are arrogant, they're complex, they speak the way that we don't understand them. And this part, I have to now maybe mention the name of a, an awesome teacher. It was a part of self-education as well that I did about legal English, legal language patterns and plain English. So of course, then I applied it in other languages because I speak four languages. But that was the lady called uh, Catherine. Catherine, oh my God, don't tell me the family name. It will, it will come back it will come back and she is has been also a practicing attorney from new york city but she was teaching those courses in zurich and i had the honor to be her student back at around like nine eight years ago and i felt like somebody is finally tapping this point and really scratching not only the surface but it's going like deep deep diving into that problem and facing that fact that we lawyers unfortunately have been trained to speak in a way that nobody understands us that is how we've been let's say graduating <laughs> that's how we have been writing those exams and that is how we have been really trained to speak and to write but for what it's worth if my client does not understand the contract that i have drafted for her or for him or maybe they shy away because they don't understand something you know that's the, the nature and how that our human brain works if we don't understand something we just shy away and we just safeguard ourselves by protecting ourselves you know and, and that's a big pity because as lawyers we have so much value to add 
we have so much service to provide and we can help so many people if we just play down a little bit and just make our language a bit more accessible and understandable and that's how we can law more available and if people feel like oh i understood this i got this then they do not shy away or they do not like protect themselves you know because people normally protect themselves from whatever is unknown to them and why should we talk or speak or speak or write in a way people don't understand us that's a revolution that needed to happen and you know as mahatma gandhi always said be the change you want to see in the world i started it from myself and now i'm spreading it and sharing it with other lawyers or by holding legal presentations and trainings for entrepreneurs non-lawyers you know as einstein also said if you can simplify a very complex fact in a way that a six-year-old understands you then you understood it yourself as well i'm following his model it's, it's so true and you're doing such a great job of that you know because ultimately if, if you confuse people you may lose these people you lose trust and so it's such great advice that you um you share there as, as always but sticking with, with with change before we um sort of look to conclude you know you are passionate about innovation in the in the legal sector that's clear you are an nft enthusiast as i mentioned you have expertise in nft consulting and strategy and you know big brands the likes of tag burberry are now embracing nfts many others buying space in the metaverse you know just tell us a little bit more about your your sort of works in this space and you know what do you think are going to be some of the future developments in this virtual world Awesome. Thank you so much, Robert. I think NFT for me started with Clubhouse. So for me, it was like the chronology was like COVID, Clubhouse, Web3. <laughs> so that was my <laughs> journey. Very easy. Or let's say COVID, Clubhouse, Crypto. So if you want to just make it a little like more the triple C's together. But I'd never claim myself as an expert in crypto or something. There are people who are awesome at that. I'm just in that niche and uh, I stay, I stick to that NFT because that's part of also, I think, a hidden or a disguised passion of myself or a burning passion that suddenly found a platform to open up, to blossom and to execute some real, real constructive, non-conform changes. Again, yes, innovative innovation is, is my passion. And actually, it's even more than that. Change is my second name, I would say. You know, that's it's just so ingrained inside me. And it just the, the whole my whole life, my whole life is about change. So that was the time that I heard about NFT for the first time on Clubhouse. And uh, from actually our awesome friend, and you know him as as well such a great leader he was may his soul rest in power and paradise gene you the wolf ex uh, lion of clubhouse he had such he left such a great i mean golden footprint in that community as well and much much beyond that so i heard that actually the first time in one of his rooms that he was running and he was like always an ambassador of education and i learned one thing that i felt like it goes like really really with my heart as well because he said ewan you have some power and you have a lot of skills and you are not a typical lawyer and the nft community would need a lawyer like you not like all the others and i was thinking oh my god where is this guy pushing me through he has no clue about what i do and i have no clue about what he's talking about but he had that uh, let's say human knowledge or that level of like energy exchange that he saw something in me especially because of like my rebellious character and nature that is going to always like break taboos and going through like different um, or unknown phases and he said 
this community, I mean, it's about decentralization, it's about blockchain. These people don't want authorities on laws and regulations. If, if a lawyer, then they would need someone like you. And I felt super honored and I said, oh, okay, if he's saying it, let me get educated about it, you know, because you cannot just discard or reject something that you still don't know about. So and I'm a, I mean, I come from an academic family and learning and education has been always a, a part of my life. It doesn't matter what I do, I'm always learning. And that's what I tell also to not only lawyers, to anyone who's maybe hearing this be learning and keep learning and keep educating because as uh, Immanuel Kant is like my number one favorite philosopher he said knowledge is power I said with all due respect to you my lovely let's say mentor and top philosopher but I said knowledge as such is not power shared knowledge is power and that's not just normal power that's multiplied power what would a knowledge help me if it's only within me and in my own, let's say, books and in my own brain until I execute it and I till and I till also share it with other people. So that is one part. And for me, seeing that also how Wolf was talking about democratization of education, I just thought this is probably my world. And as also a, let's say, sideways passionate artist and creator myself, seeing a platform that you can create, collaborate, communicate, building communities and just contribute to one another by work of art, not necessarily by work of art, but just a part of the whole NFTs about art. So for me, that was just that first kick. And I took that leap of faith and I said, you know what? I'm going to now dedicate some real time and energy and resources into it, learn about it, and then help others on their path of becoming a creator, a collector, a contributor, or just a zero clue uh, person who's just curious about this, you know? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's about a lot of those people who were like curious and clueless in my clubhouse weekly rooms on, on uh, legal and compliance sides of NFTs. And now they have become investors, collectors, creators in the in the platform. And I feel it like, oh, wow. So my work, at least they had it left an impact behind when I see those kind of people. And yes, for me, a part of it was the mission to educate and to help, to support and also facilitate the way of collaborating amongst people. And the other side was myself. I, I was a born uh, um, artist myself. I felt like, oh, it's a part of me as i said again law is just a fraction of my life now the lawyer artist creator is being born you know and evolution and change as i said is my second day so i was like so ready for this and i embraced it like with all my heart it was not just like acquiring the knowledge it was about awakening one of my disguised passions and what a great job and, and what a powerful way to to conclude our our chat which has been so enriched full of full of knowledge Awen, and what you're doing and yeah particularly within the the web 3 nft community and your whole ethos of helping and sharing and collaborating it really extends to why you've built such meaningful relationships and had such successful career so if our listeners would like to learn more about your business and also maybe you're looking to try and get an international career and emulate your successes what's the best way for them to contact you feel free to shout out any social media or website links we'll also share them with this episode for you too Awesome. Well, my website is a, is a work in construction because of, as a person, as a messenger of change, <laughs> that's always like being in the making. But hopefully by end of summer, something solid and informative is coming up. However, as we all know, website is rather serving as a kind of reference or like your business card. But if you want to really see me and what I do and about my life and see the dynamic of what I share and what I serve, you can just find me on LinkedIn under my full name, Ewen Tabakoli. You can find me on Facebook, Ewen Tabakoli again. 
LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram, Ewen Twakuli, under Ewen Legal as well. And on Twitter, of course, on all the medias, I'm pretty well active and I have a kind of cool omnipresence and, and I share sometimes also, I think, uh, sought after contents that a lot of people are really like looking for and they feel like, oh, we don't find them on a typical legal page, you know, because that is, that, is, that is a part of my personality. And as I said, authenticity is the brand. So that is what I stand for and I practice what I preach. So if you want to just see really what I do and how I live and what I live for and what pattern I live after, check out my social media and there you can also get connected to my, let's say, link three with email information, YouTube channel, NFT collections, and so on and so forth. So I'm pretty well available and there's only one Amy Telecoli in the world. So you cannot uh, miss my name in social media as well. You're Googling me or looking for me. Well, thank you so much. The one and only Awin Tavakoli. It's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure having you on the show. So from all of us on the Legally Speaking podcast, wishing you lots of continued success with your career and future pursuits. But for now, over and out. Thank you so, so much. It was a great pleasure being a part of this with you and seeing you always also leading by example, creating awesome content, bringing people together, serving not only the legal industry, but also others by bringing lawyers and sharing their life stories and missions. You're doing an awesome job and I'm happy to call you my friend, Robert Tanner. Thank you so much, Awin. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you like the content here, why not check out our world-leading content and collaboration hub, the Legally Speaking Club, over on Discord. Go to our website, www.legallyspeakingpodcast.com, for the link to join our community there. Over and out.